God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Oh, you know what? Uh, we're not going to have call in today. Some things didn't work out just right. Um, so uh, we're going to try to do something tomorrow. Um, I uh, apologize for that. But we do have the line lined up. Trust me, it's, it's all working. Uh, but the problem is when people are calling in, uh, well, that's uh, it, it's causing a lot of noise. Uh, so we just can't have that kind of disruption. Uh, I know I said something about it yesterday, saying it today, uh, but it just occurred to me that I made that promise, and uh, uh, you know I uh, can't meet that promise right right today. Um, all right, so you know uh, there's a lot going on with regard to the AZ audit, and more and more states are following up. Fauci's having a meltdown. So we're going to be talking about a lot of these things. We have a lot of interesting video and audio clips. We also want to talk a little bit about crazy critical race theory. So there's a lot of um, audio that I wanted to share with you throughout the week that I hadn't had time to. There wasn't time enough in the show, but today I think we're going to get it done. And um, one of the things is is what's going on in the AZ audit. So uh, I wanted to play this audio clip. It's only two minutes, and it's uh, with the uh, the guy that's running the show out there and a reporter, and he's talking about uh, what the expectations are in terms of, uh, well, who's, who's there, who's monitoring, and it should give us some insight and clues as to what other states are, are starting to think about with respect to this kind of forensic audit. There's a big difference between a forensic audit and just a general audit. And one is actually not just interpreting, not just interpreting whether things were done right, but to actually investigate uh, certain features of paper, 
and folds and a whole host of other things. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen and uh, we're going to go ahead and start this right now. See with the Gateway Pundit here with Ken Bennett. How's it going, Mr. Bennett? Good, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. So I understand Georgia's in the House right now. Um, I'm, there's a couple case? of legislators from Georgia and one from Alaska. Really? That, that Alaska? Are the, that are in the building right now. Okay. And then I'm also hearing that Colorado might be coming out today. Is that true? I, I'm not aware of that one. I've heard Virginia. I've heard uh, Wisconsin. You've now told me Colorado. Right. Uh, Nevada was in a few days ago. Pennsylvania last week, uh, kind of becoming a popular place. Right, so they're, they're just coming. <laughs> they're just coming from all over the place. Um, so, are, are you expecting to have over the next few days more tours? I'm told that uh, every day this week there's someone, some elected okay. official coming in from some state. So today's Tuesday, and if uh, if that pattern continues, we'll have somebody in Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wow, that is very exciting. And so in regards to the to the ballot floor, it looks like they're starting to max out on forensic tables, correct? Well, we are we are beyond 80%, I'm told, as far as counting the ballots, which is usually the first step. Um, and then it goes to the paper evaluation that we call it. And they are well behind uh, the counting levels in paper evaluation. So. I'm told that we'll probably be finished with the counting of the ballots by the end of this week or sooner. Um, and then all the resources will shift to the paper evaluation. But you can already see that paper evaluation has been increased significantly. There's now 32 uh, working tables and another probably 16 um, positions that are on the floor awaiting equipment and things like that. So. Once the counting is over this week sometime, then all resources will shift to the paper evaluation. And there you go. That's the latest, uh, pretty much the latest. Uh, that was from Tuesday afternoon. Um, and I don't know if there's uh, some updates since then, but a lot of other states are starting to look at what AZ Audit is doing as a blueprint or a model. So I guess Cyber Ninjas is going to be in uh, good company or good business. And there should be. I think uh, every state, I think California would be an interesting one. And a lot of these liberal states, they don't even bother to cover up their tracks. And the reason why they don't bother to cover up their tracks is because they don't have to. They they uh, they basically have the fox guarding the uh, fox house, in a sense. They've uh, The criminals are, you know, basically the investigators to their cohorts, to their colleagues, other criminals. That's what's going on in California. So if you get an independent audit, uh, Cyber Ninjas, who's being financed by a lot of different companies, I think OAN is one of the investors. Vernon Jones was asked this question, and who's funding? As if the reporter was trying to do a gotcha moment, but it's legal for private funding to do an audit of an election. It's a legal operation. And so that's okay. It's okay if we do that. And um, so that's, uh, let's see, I just, uh, well, sorry, I knew that was going to happen. We got some, we got some uh, background noise. So that's fine. 
And uh, I think we should do it in every state. Just keeps things honest. And that's what we want. All the, the Republicans are asking for is an honest and fair election. That's all we're asking for. You know, the left wing thinks that we're out to somehow you know, destroy democracy when all we're looking for is accountability. Take critical race theory. You know, I think that one of the things that we're starting to see is a revisit to grassroots, the grassroots efforts. And it starts all the way down at the lowest levels of politics. And it starts at, you know, the school boards, you know, and the uh, township constables and, you know, on up to the county commissioners and the sheriffs and the judges and all of these things that George Soros has been exploiting. You know, his money can go a long way in manipulating the DAs and the judges that are up for election, the sheriffs and those who enforce laws and turn a blind eye to law. And so we've seen a lot of that. And we're like, okay, we got to get a handle on this. Because it doesn't take much money to buy off a small town county commissioner. But, you know, these districts have weight. Just like um, just like you have these U.S. congressmen that represent districts with just a handful of people. There are some U.S. congressmen that are in Congress with 785 votes. That's hardly representative of the kind of muscle and power they have as a vote on a federal law. But that's what they have. It doesn't take a lot of money to win an election like that. If you, if you start thinking about it from the perspective of how much money per voter are you willing to spend to win an election. And for that matter, you know, you can buy almost every vote. 785 votes takes the win. $7,000. Pay $1,000 to each person. That's 785000 That's cheap. That's a cheap campaign when you're you know, compared to New York standards. But it does start at the county commissioner's office. It starts with the unions. It starts with um, your local job and what the unions are doing. So when we take a look at critical critical race theory and we take a look at you know where that comes from that comes from a radical socialist ideology that comes from a divisive uh, agenda that comes from perhaps Black Lives Matter as a fundamental component to that and again these are all fun fundraising opportunities for the Democrat Party in addition to that not only that but it divides black America, the conservatives and the liberals. It also divides our country. But what, why is it that they want to divide? Because they realize that they're not going to win over a conservative. The liberals are not, they know that they're not going to win over a conservative. They could barely win over with their radical agenda. They could barely win over a, a practical liberal. So what they want to do is divide and change the narrative. They want to make it all about bad police cop, police enforcement, bad law enforcement. 
They want to make it about that. They don't want to make it about the idea that they're importing illegal uh, migrants to take over your jobs or that they're engaged in uh, trade agreements that are sending your jobs overseas, your manufacturing jobs. They don't want to talk about inflation and how we're going to start to see major inflation in America. As we start to get back up on our feet, uh, what's going to happen because of the government's involvement in paying off so many people, so much money, taxpayer dollars, and the debts in the trillions, and they paid off all these people to where it's going to cost more to get these people off the sofa and into the workforce. People are slow to get back to work. There's almost like a signing agreement. Yeah, we'll pay you so much to sign up for this job. We we need uh, workers. How much can we pay you? How much can we afford? At some point, the money's going to run out even for the company that's buying the employee at an overpriced fee. It's sort of like the unions when they gouged the manufacturers back in the 70s in the Ohio Valley, for example, where I grew up. And they gouged them. And they got what they wanted short term, but they lost everything long term. Because it wasn't sustainable. A guy pushing a broom at three times the, the, the salary rate wasn't going to compete with Japan when our country became uh, had to compete on a global scale for iron, uh, iron and steel and energy. And so these unions, these unions uh, are local. Teachers' unions are local. Teachers' unions are only hiring radical libtards. A lot of these teachers' unions in inner cities hire only black teachers. There's a quota-based system. And so you have a lot, you have this matrix that's not really reflective of our society. You know, black people actually represent 13 to 15% of the population. And so for Joe Biden to sit there with his racist comment and say, you can't, you can't wait, you can't see, uh, you know, every two minutes on an ad, there's an interracial couple, he said. That's what he said. And then he said it sells soap. It was a moronic statement from a real moron, racist. Just look at Hunter, right? Cat turds gets up today and he says, uh, just waiting for the next uh, racist uh, N-word to drop out of Hunter. You know, basically, uh, Cat Turd was uh, making light, I guess, of the situation. And he tweets, has Hunter dropped the N-word yet today? The Bidens are absolutely racist. Meanwhile, they got these photo ops of Jill Biden uh, preparing for the G7 summit. What's that about? But in any case, we want to uh, play this. Uh, I want to play this clip with respect to. Uh, well, 
got to find the clip. I had it, and I lost it. Um, so we're going to find this clip and uh, right here. And... Um, oh, I got it. All right, so this is the, a woman... Uh, I have to actually uh, thank Pat Kaneen for sending me this the other day. Um, turn me on to it, but this went viral anyway. I would have found it on my own, but but Pat was one of the first to to actually share this with me. And um, uh, there's two clips I'm going to play because there's another parent that is speaking up. Uh, she's in Loudoun County, uh, which is where my doctor is. My recent do- health ailment. My doctor is over in this Loudoun County. It's a neighboring county to Arlington County. And in Virginia, not too far from where our studios are. And what I'm saying is, is that what we're seeing with the AZ audit and what we're seeing with these students, uh, these teachers, uh, these teachers uh, conferences and what we're seeing with these parents fighting back against critical race theory. I think critical race theory was a mistake for the liberals because what they've done is they've activated the grassroots and again, you know, I think that the Democrats are dividing on purpose. They're dividing to lock down their base. They're dividing to get fundraising off of, you know, smoke and mirrors, lies. Like I said the other day, Michael Brown was a lie. Hands up, don't shoot was a lie. But they made a lot of money off of that. They solidified a Black Lives Matter group that became a huge fundraiser for them. And they divided black politics <clears throat> between conservatives and liberals to the point where the liberals stayed and they hunkered down. They, they, they sunk their, their feet in. And they weren't going anywhere. And they became soldiers. And they were manipulated and used as slaves to shed, shed their blood in the streets, in the rioting and the attacks uh, against police and the setting of fire, uh, burning of uh, buildings, setting buildings on fire, and uh, actually acting a fool. And a lot of people lost their lives. A lot of innocent people lost their lives as a result of Black Lives Matter's terrorist and violence. Meanwhile, the top of the heap, these Marxist leaders buying million-dollar homes. And it's just not fair. But we've seen this play out before by the Democrats and their slaves. Black Lives Matter is no different an organization. Right now they're being used as worker mules in the fields we call now the streets. And that's what it is. It's just that simple. That they have divided that that group because they can't win over the conservatives with their ideas. They have to actually steal and change the narrative and distract. And that's what they're doing with with uh, all this race baiting, whether it's Charlottesville and calling Trump a racist, m- making up white supremacy. I, Frankly, I have yet to meet a white supremacist group. I haven't seen a group called white supremacists burning down buildings and attacking police or hitting Andy No over the head with a, a rock or a, a pipe. You know, Andy knows that journalist. It's probably going to win a Pulitzer. But he's been attacked by Antifa for forever. 
And every time he goes out there, he gets his left life is put in jeopardy as a journalist. The point being that the real terrorists are Antifa and Black Lives Matter, but because we have a fake media that's in the tank for the left, they can make anything up and do anything. Anything's going to happen. You know, anything I say is going to be gaslighted to the American people by the mainstream media. And I have some talks with some liberal friends of mine who who think it's smart to just rely on BBC and PBS and and all in Washington Post and New York Times. And all you got to do is look at uh, this editor of the New York Times, Mara is her name, where she's offended by the American flag. You know, it's kind of, that kind of critical racism where they make stuff up that somehow the flag hurts them for what it stands for. This is a person that's an editor at the New York Times. Rich. She, she, she has not one ounce of gratitude in her heart because she's a racist fool who hates white people. And I say that because I'm a Native American Indian. I can say anything I want, I guess. Bring it. I don't even care anymore because the truth needs to be said. And that's all that has to happen is the truth has to get out there. You know, because two wrongs, I was taught when I was a kid, two wrongs don't make it right. And so all of a sudden, though, this Black Lives Matter thing and this reparations and this victimization is suggesting otherwise. That we're going to go ahead and we're going to embrace segregation or we're going to go ahead and beat some heads down uh, because we've been victimized. And... Frankly, I don't know, you know, it's 2021. They need to look at a calendar and realize that the 20-year-olds in the streets were born after 9-11. It's pretty pretty incredible. Or just about 9-11, right? Those people in the streets were born around 9-11. The enemy of black America those liberals that call themselves victims that want reparations and want to embrace segregation and critical race theory and hate America and take a knee for the national anthem and are have not one ounce of gratitude for those who've given their life for their freedom to express themselves. It's just sad. They've never experienced racism in their lives if they were born in that time frame. The last two decades hasn't really been that long. And everybody gets along. And if Joe Biden is right with his racist comments that every two minutes there's a commercial with an interracial couple, I think we're doing just fine. It's Europe that has actually worse racism. And it's China that has worse racism. No one wants to even talk about that. And and I say worse racism to imply... Yeah, I'm sure that some racism racism exists. There are lots of uh, people in this country, 335, 340 million. It's entirely possible that there are some racists in our country. There's no doubt about it. But to let that halt you in your tracks and, and, and have you cry at night, well, 
I, I, I suggest you get some therapy and grow the heck up. We're going to go ahead and take a listen to this Muslim woman, uh, Tatiana Abraham, and we're going to listen to what she has to say about how the school board wants to teach her children critical race theory. Good evening. My name is Tatiana Ibrahim, and I'm here for the first time. I'm here tonight not only as a community member, but as a parent in this district. Recently, you sent out a survey wanting to know why parents were not voting yes for this budget. So my, my situation, my vote for no is a little different. I think the Board of Education and those sitting on the panels are thieves. I think they're liars and have committed treason against our children. My message to this district and the members of the Board of Ed, stop indoctrinating our children. Stop teaching our children to hate the police. Stop teaching our children that if they don't agree with the LGBT community, that they're homophobic. You have no idea each child's life. You don't know what their family lifestyle consists of. You don't know the makeup of their, of, of their life. You have children like mine who is Muslim and I'm Christian and everyone would think they would never believe that of her, right? Because the way she looks, or according to Miss Cyrus, she's too pasty white. Ma'am, ma'am, excuse me, I'm up, up here. We're, we're not allowed to use names. If you have something you'd like to discuss about a specific person, you can call the superintendent or leave your info for her to call you tomorrow. Why are we not allowed to discuss names? Why am I not allowed when they purposely themselves expose themselves on social media talking about calling for the death of a former president or saying that any child that doesn't believe in Black Lives Matter should be canceled out? Is this what my tax dollars is paying for? You're teaching my children and other children that if they believe in God Almighty, they're part of a cult. These educators put their own names out there. We have Mr. Barry, who took it upon himself with Miss Cyrus to create a curriculum. That should be it. Do you want the proof? I have the proof. You created a curriculum of Black Panther indoctrination. Ma'am. You use taxpayers' dollars. Can I ask you one more time? I, I, I have no issue hearing what you have to say. But why, are, why can we not let the public speak? Why can't we let the public know that you're teaching our children to go out and murder our police officers? Do you want the proof? I have the proof. Is that what scares you, the proof? That a parent actually standing up against all of you? Is that what scares you, to call out the names of these people? You work for me. I don't work for you. You have a duty. We are entrusting our children to you. We teach our children morals, values, when they grow up to commit crimes and end up in prison and kill a police officer. It's our fault? No, it's your fault. 
You're emotionally abusing our children and mentally abusing them. You're demoralizing them by teaching them communist values. This is still America, ma'am. And as long as I'm standing here on this good ground earth of God, I will fight. And I'm not, this is not the last of me you will see. I'm retired. I have nothing else better to do. We can do it peacefully or we can take it to the highest courts because you know and I know I'm not the only parent fighting us all across America right now. Schools are trying to poison our children's minds, teaching them about things that they have no right to be taught in school. So, so normally, I'm just going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to just give you just a feedback for a moment. I have no problem having a peaceful discussion. This is not a peaceful discussion. No, that's your opinion. See, here we go again. This is peaceful. To me, this is peaceful. Well, I'm not burning, looting, and murdering. This is peaceful. I did not accuse you of that, but I I don't have a problem having a conversation with you, a peaceful conversation, which is this is not. $6.95 per child in the middle school to buy a curriculum from readtome.org that wasn't even approved by the, by the Board of Ed. The administrators took it upon themselves to buy these books with taxpayer dollars while COVID is going on. How many families are struggling to pay their mortgages? Listen, by all means, you want to teach kids these things, fine. Don't do it on my dollar. Don't infringe on my religious beliefs. Don't infringe. Do you know who makes up the majority of this district? Children from police officers' families. Blues. Back the blue children. Do you know what these children feel like when they come home? Have you spoken to them? No. You're silencing them. This whole cancel culture. You're silencing the children. Where are their rights? They have no rights. Because if they don't believe in the indoctrination, the demonic, twisted, sneaky, vile acts and and, and, and education, if you call it that, that you're teaching our children, they don't agree with that. They're either homophobic, they're part of a cult, they, 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 they're racist. What, what's, what's racist? Who defines racist? Why? Because I'm, do you know what race I am? Do you? You don't. You don't even have a, a, an idea. I could be black, I could be white, I could be Asian, you don't know. Who are you to determine that? Who is anyone to determine that? You know what? Children in the school system, children like other children, they don't look at color. Black and ch- black and white children, Hispanic children, you know why they get along? Because they don't look at each other's color. So you're the racist. Not them. Not us. You're judging and dividing. You're causing segregation. Everything that we fought for, everything that I fought for for years. So you have the right to stand here and tell me I'm not allowed to mention a name when the person, the Mr. Barry and Miss Cyrus themselves, you have ELA teachers giving out uh, assignments on police murder to police are bad. You want the proof? Okay. Cause we have it. So what policy do you have that teachers are not allowed to go on social media and indoctrinate? They took an oath, a responsibility and they're, they're, they're going against everything that they stand for. And well, and I understand. End it. End it. I have to end it. So Why? I, I, Why? You're on my dollar. Why? Well, actually, Why? I, I, I work for nothing doing this. Oh, you work for nothing. Oh. I do. This is a volunteer position, number okay. one. It's number still two. my taxes paying for everything. I, I, I this podium is every taxpayer's dollar here. Uh, we have rights. 
We have rights. And, and you're making general assumptions? No, I'm not making assumptions. No, I'm not. Just, I know what I'm speaking about. See, you know I don't I'm agree not, with you, engage. so it's an assumption. Well, I'm not going to engage in a back and forth with you about this. So if you would like to make an appointment, I would be happy to sit with the superintendent. I don't, I don't want to. The superintendent, uh, the assistant superintendent already sent an email and stated that they had no idea that these books were being put on, in, in the students' hands. The superintendent already stated that they had no idea that the funds of taxpayers were supporting this. Black Panthers, do you know Black Panthers is a domestic terrorist group? Do you know that it was, it was, it was condemned as a, as a terrorist group? Do you know they kill cops? I have a problem when you're trying to kill a police officer. I have a big problem with that. I have a problem when teachers are passing out flyers, recruiting children to go to, to the courthouse, to protest Black Lives Matters, when you have people sitting with, with, with signs that says all cops are bastards. Really? All cops are bastards? No, I think you people are because the way you're acting yeah. and the way you're treating our children and our police officers yeah. and making them believe that it's okay to abuse them, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and yeah. let you do that. You, you, no, you I'm, I will become your worst nightmare because I'm going to stand here and keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. Thank and you. if not, um, we, I can actually go out, get signatures. What happens if we stop paying school taxes? You're going to arrest all the community? The majority of the community? No, I don't think so. This won't be the last of me. I want everyone to know what's going on because you're hiding it. You're hiding it. You know who does that? Communists do that. That's what you're doing. Recruiting children. Children. You're recruiting children to hate our police officers. How dare you? You have a librarian in the high school passing out Black Lives Matter pins. When a student asks for a blue live, why would I have that? Why would she have that? What did you do for police, police week? Why don't you tell me, sir? What is it you want to tell me? You've had your two minutes. I don't need two minutes. I can, ha I can go as long as I like. No, that's not the board. No? Oh. Who, where does it say that I can't? Is there a law against that? We do have policy. a policy. A board policy. Who, who makes these board policies? The board. The, the board. board. And who pays the board? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody? The chair you're sitting on, we pay for it. The lights that are on, we pay for it. We pay for everything. You want to silence me because I spoke the truth. I spoke the truth. Everyone out there heard me. Whether they agree or they don't, they're going to start looking into it. And now you're, go now you're exposed. That's all. It's going to end. This indoctrination and hatred towards our police officers, this systematic racism and cancel culture, is going to end. You came to the wrong school district to do this, okay? You need to respect every child. So therefore, no politics should be discussed in school, rather, whether it be conservatism, democratic, liberalism. You gave a, 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 a survey after the elections. Why? Why did you ask students who they voted for? What did it matter? No answer, huh? You have no answers for me. I, I didn't expect an answer. That's okay, though. We'll get them some way or another. Same way you can't show us where all our money goes, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, so that was Tatiana Ibrahim. It's the last name is spelled in case you want to look her up. 
uh, Tati, because she's actually gone viral and now she's got some other clips going on and it's pretty uh, interesting. But uh, Tatiana Ibrahim, uh, Ibrahim, and that's I-B-R-A-M-I-M, as in Mary. Uh, so there's two M's in there. Um, says, fights back against critical race to a school board in Carmel, New York. And uh, I thought that was terrific. Now, here's a shorter clip, uh, pretty much the same concept. Let's take a listen. This is in Loudoun County, just down the road from where we're broadcasting. Fairfax County public school teacher, and I'm going to give a message of encouragement to parents and teachers and students who are too afraid to come and speak forward. Parents, the longer that you wait and you don't hold your child's schools accountable gives these guys more time to dictate what's best for your child's physical, mental, and emotional health. Don't be afraid to speak out for your kids because they are voiceless and they, and they rely on you. You should be afraid of them rooting for socialism by the time they get to middle school. Teachers, it may seem that our careers have come to a dead end, but I'm here to remind you, we don't work for the school board. We work to mold the next generation of well-rounded American patriots. So don't give up because it is up to us. Students, you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you are presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of your skin color. Students, it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors. And finally, to the board, this isn't over and your policies are just as... Nick Gossard, followed by Ryan... That's what's happening across America. <laughs> and it's true. It's, it's uh, you know, Wayne Dunlap says, reclaim our country. The battleground is in our schools. We cannot continue to put out millions of young Americans trained to falsely believe progressive communist ideas are beneficial and expect to maintain our freedoms and extremely successful capitalism. You know, I, I read a meme yesterday and it was, you know, uh, it's telling when you could be 18 years old and want to start a business and you ask the bank for $10,000 uh, loan, $10,000 loan, and they say no. But you turn around and you ask for $100,000 to go out and get a liberal arts degree and they say yes. Tell me that's not rigged against yeah, tell me what that. What is that about? When you think about it, what is that really about? That is really about conditioning. That's really about that whole skull and bones, secret society, Ivy League, ivory tower kind of deal where the aristocrats rule the world. And they believe in one thing. They believe that, you know, that that studies are absolutely essential. I, I, I don't really disagree with that. But you know what? There's a lot of people that can make it in this world learning how to weld, learning how to become a first-rate plumber, learning uh, all kinds of different trade skills, learning how to the, the, the learning about culinary arts, how to be the, a great chef. There's so many things. There's so many nursing programs 
and all kinds of different programs throughout. You know, I can't, there's thousands of them probably, but, um, or at least hundreds, I know that. And the idea is it doesn't just have to be about, you know, learning about some sort of uh, liberal arts, you know, the history of whatever, right? It's not just about that. And that's not necessarily a great investment. You come out with a $150,000 debt, and what do you have to show for it? Where's your skill set? Do you know how to type? Maybe you know how to type because you type some papers. But for the most part, you know, we need more than that. And I think that people are starting to wake up and question. You know, I raise, my, I raise a child 18 years to be a good person, to be a good citizen, to think rationally. And then they go into college and they become programmed and their minds become manipulated. And it's just one of these things where you got to question what the motives are. But you know what else? You always have to follow the money, don't you? So Ben Freeman uh, gave this expose. I was at this event in D.C. And he was talking about the largest investors in our universities. And Guitar was one of the largest investors. And Guitar hates America. Pretty well, pretty well hates them. Hates us. And China was a big investor. And so when you think about it, like Texas A&M, there was a court case. You can look it up. Texas A&M versus uh, Guitar, I think. No, it was, uh, I don't know who the, the, the but Texas A&M case where they were receiving billions of dollars by various countries, including Qatar. And they were looking into what kind of uh, programs Texas A&M was putting out. And it turned out that, you know, in a lot of cases where this happened, and it's not just Texas A&M, but it's everywhere. It's how they get these endowments. These countries want universities to tell a story about their country and shape the hearts and minds of our citizens, our youth. And so this money influence is also troubling. It's very, very troubling. So I uh, I want to just touch base on this too. Um, and we're going to change subjects. But the family of Ashley Babbitt is suing the Capitol Police to find out who fatally shot, you know, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, I think that that's one of the biggest travesties. We live in a country where the Capitol Police have gotten away with murder, that we still have people rotting in jail in solitary confinement in some cases for merely walking through, walking through, you know, not doing anything wrong, but just walking through these things and um, walking through the Capitol, being escorted by the police. You know, we should take a listen to... uh, what Devin Nunes had to say about this. Of some type, that 
is a big problem, Congressman Nunes. And, and uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, by the way, I know you're not responsible for this, but the Ashley Babbitt situation has a lot of us concerned, and it was not nearly adequately addressed. Well, I would say this, Greg, at least uh, for once, they didn't blame global warming. So we're making progress on that front, at least. But let me be serious on the Ashley Babbitt situation. This is now uh, the family has now filed a lawsuit. And in any normal circumstance where you have an officer involved shooting, you have people that immediately go out there and say, where's the videotapes? Where's the videotapes? We need to know what officer did this. And immediately those officers are under scrutiny. Now, I don't wish any officer to be under scrutiny, but you have to actually look at this like we've seen around the, the country. Whenever there's been an officer involved shooting, those officers' names are made public. Why are we living under a different set of rules? And I think that's what the Babbitt family is probably asking. And I agree with them. I think that, that we should know who the officer is. And one further note that we talked about here a couple of weeks ago on your show, House Republicans, we still haven't seen the videotapes. There's supposedly 14,000 hours of videotapes from inside the Capitol. Now, why is that? Why do we not have that? Why do we not have an accounting of the dozens of people that actually broke the windows versus the people who just walked in openly because the Capitol Police let them in? Those are the questions that I think remain that need to be answered. And plus the people that are being prosecuted, are they being prosecuted differently and held to a different standard? And do they have their rights as U.S. citizens being, are those rights being violated? And if you look at the work at American Greatness that Julie Kelly has done, she's exposed a lot of this, the, the, what it appears to be, at least from her reporting, that people are not being given their due process. The, the basic rights that we have as U.S. citizens that were involved in the riot at the Capitol that day. Yeah, Julie Kelly uh, over at America Greatness, one of my favorite publications. Uh, uh, so check out amgreatness.com uh, to really get uh, Victor Davis Hansen writes for them. He he wrote. Uh, oh, he just one of the one of my favorite thinkers is Victor Davis Hansen. Uh, Thomas Sowell's another. Uh, people ask me who do I like to listen to and follow. There's a lot of great journalists, uh, and it, it's true that conservative journalism has really been more accurate with regard to the Russian collusion story that turned out to be a hoax. They were correct about the Ukrainian story, uh, and they were actually correct about the Seth Rich story, which has been covered up. Uh, they were also correct about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, because that turned out to be that the um, officers made a plea deal, right? So we've been right all along suggesting Je Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And like I say, I sit around and I talk to these liberals all the time, but, you know, everybody wants to talk about, you know, Fauci being great or um, whether we should wear masks or not or, or all these different things. And I'm like, let's not focus on the wrong things here. This is trivial compared to the fact that we just had a country like China get out of a trade deal Rig our help rig our elections, and issued a you know released a bioweapon to the world that killed millions of people. Let's talk about China. Is anybody talking about China? No. In fact, the only time they were talking about China is well, China's really uh, 
you know, kind of like setting the blueprint for how to handle this. Give me a break. The WHO was in bed with China, and so was Fauci. And a lot of people are questioning, you know, all of this. But there's a lot of other things. You know, you talk about, you know, Talk about stories that are the ones that we've been talking about for over and over for a year and a half. There's this news story out, and when I first looked at it, I thought, oh, that's a stupid fluff piece. And then I said, well, you know what? It's kind of interesting. Um, and I'm going to just report it here real quick. But it's about STDs. So this report over at the Daily Caller writes this and says, coronavirus restrictions are being lifted could result in a surge of STDs. So the idea is that people who uh, may have been getting routine checks on things weren't able to do that during the COVID lockdowns or the hospital shutdowns. Even though the hospitals were empty in New York, for example, um, um, there is... This sur- there's going to be a surge, probably people staying at home and, you know, doing whatever. But, you know, the thing is, is that how much of uh, the STDs were gone unchecked and then spread. And that is like another little subject matter that we don't even think about on a day to day basis. But think about that, too. You know, there's so many offshoots to the problems that were created by Dr. Fauci, who is basically now, you know, apoplectic about how the world is crushing him, right? He's he's all upset about, you know, how he is being treated. And it's kind of uh, amusing, really, when you think about it, uh, how he is reacting. So just take a listen to this one really quick. He sounds like he's starting to become unhinged. Me, quite frankly, are attacks on science because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going on clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. That is what's going on. Science and the truth are being attacked. Well, you know, his level of flip-flopping has just been atrocious. Three stars from the Ingram uh, Angles Medicine Cabinet. So I was going to play uh, a clip of... um, from Dr. Uh, J. Batasharia, who basically questions Fauci on just about every term. but And then there was also uh, something that I had posted uh, related to Fauci's flip-flopping. And it's, it's really uncanny. But uh, let's just take a listen to this one right here, too, how he's talking there his way out of There was an email from you to Sylvia Burwell, the, the former HHS secretary that had to do with masks. And this is getting a great deal of attention. And the date here is February 5th, which I think is hugely important. She apparently right. had asked you whether she should wear a mask on a trip. Uh, and you responded to her concluding, I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low risk 
location. That was that, February 5th. A lot has transpired. That's what he wrote in an email. Since then, if you had to go back and do it all over again, um, would you tell her something different? Do you regret that? Well, you know, John, let's get real here. If you look at scientific information as it accumulates, what is going on in January and February, what you know as a fact, as data, guides what you tell people and your policies. If March, April, May occur, you accumulate a lot more information and you modify and adjust your opinion and your recommendation based on the current science and current data. So, of course, if we knew back then that a substantial amount of transmission was asymptomatic people, if we knew then that the data show that masks outside of a hospital setting are actually do work when we didn't know it then. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's one of these things. Listen to Fauci here talking about asymptomatic. Even if there is some asymptomatic transmission, in all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, an epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. Well, he was wrong, wasn't he? Right? Apparently, he just contradicted himself. But actually, he's probably right, because the person at WHO who also said that about this virus uh, pretty much almost got fired and was silenced. So, it's, you know, it's just one of these things, um, you know, where the science wasn't really reliable. Trust the science? No, I don't think trust the science is a good idea all the time. But what they're doing, what the Biden thing says, we're going to have a commission look at it, and then I'll take their, I'll, I'll take their opinion. Um, trust the science. Well, what if the science is flawed? But, but somehow you're never to blame if all you do is trust the science. That's the point. The science gives them cover. The commission gives them cover. The investigation gives them cover. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're using these things as cover, like an umbrella, to protect them. Well, that's what it... You can get, you know, 12 liberals as part of a commission to come up with a completely different um, conclusion than 12 conservatives. So you can get the, you know, like statistics. You can fudge it any way you want. The point is, it's all rigged. And it's nonsense. We have a lot more that we were going to share with you today. We ran out of time. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org. Check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And my name is Scott Adams, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. My kids right up to their name.